we have a huge opportunity with the, the, the past pandemic to, to, to regain, to reinvent, as, as, as I said, the public transit. We have a huge opportunity and the window is very tight. We have to go now. This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Good to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged In-Depth this week with Renee Amilcar, who is general manager of OC Transpo in Ottawa and the incoming president of UITP. Renee, it's great to be with you. Thank you very much, Paul. My pleasure. Yeah, we are here recording live at the UITP Summit in Barcelona. Uh, How has the conference been for you so far? So far, so good. Absolutely. And it's crowded. The Barcelona is a nice city. It's uh, it's awesome. Yes, and tomorrow you take office as the president. So tell me about that. I'm so proud to be the first woman uh, being elected as the president of UITP after 140 years old. Wow! So uh, it's amazing. It's uh, incredible, and I'm very very happy to be able to collaborate with my peers around the world. And I'm very excited that you're from North America. Aren't you the first North American president, too, of UITP? Indeed. Yes. So you're making a lot of uh, history tomorrow when you take office. I know. <laughs> very exciting. Uh, yeah, this has been a wonderful conference, and I'm so happy to get to meet you and, and to talk to you some today about your past and what you're doing now and where you're going in the future. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Where do you come from and how long you've had this job, et cetera? So I come from AD, and I, when I was uh, 11 years old, uh, my parents and I, uh, came uh, in Montreal, Canada. I did my uh, study there, and I'm an engineer from uh, Ecole Polytechnique de Montréal. I have a master business administration from Ecole uh, uh, Université de Sherbrooke. Uh, uh, and, um, I started my career in uh, aeronautics, but all of my uh, main career is is in public transit. Okay. So I first started with uh, STM, Société Transport de Montréal, where I spent uh, 19 years. And uh, now, uh, since uh, 20 months, I have been working for OC Transport, and uh, I have an amazing team. I'm enjoying myself. I have a lot of good challenges, and uh, it's uh, it's very, 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 uh, it's nice. (laughs) Yeah, it should be. That's awesome. So Ottawa is the capital city, right, of Canada? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, so does that come with special things, because you've got the capital there and the prime minister and... That's pretty exciting too. Oh yeah, a lot of security, a lot of, a lot of people who can come and complain. We had those <laughs> trucks, as you know. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but but it's a uh, it's a good experience to to be able to work uh, in Ottawa. Ottawa is so beautiful, and uh, there are so many people, a lot of tourists as well. So it's very very uh, important to to have this kind of. Uh, 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 vibe, you know, and uh, I really appreciate that. So tell us some about your public transit system, buses, trains, all that. Kind of describe what you have there. Sure. So at OC Transport in Ottawa, we have approximately uh, 750 buses. There are diesel buses, but we're happy to uh, to transform uh, our fleet. Uh, uh, it will be electric uh, buses uh, soon. And uh, we have a light rail as well, so uh, and uh, a huge transformation of uh, the Ottawa and we have parabuses uh, for people with disabilities. That's wonderful. So you're moving from electric buses to extending. What is your O-train system? Is that your rail system? Yeah, exactly. So we have uh, the Confederation Line that we call, call the O-train. Uh, this is a 12.5 kilometers, uh, actually. But we are doing a huge expansion of the system and uh, in east and west and, uh, and south as well. So in 2019, Ottawa's O-train network had... 20 and a half kilometers of rail 
In the coming years, you'll be tripling the total length by adding 44 kilometers of rail with your stage two project. Can you tell us more about the growth in your O-Train network? So the, the stage two light rail is a 4.7 billion project, and it's funded by the government of Canada, the province of Ontario, and the city of Ottawa. When complete, the stage two will bring 77% of Ottawa residents with five kilometers of rail. So it's very huge with 20, 24,000 people per junction per hour during the peak hour. So we are very, very excited uh, for, with that. So you've got, and you say you're moving to electric buses? Exactly. How is that going? Go, so far, so good. Yeah. Seriously, so far, so good. We had the four pilots and uh, they performed very, very well. We we're very happy. For, and uh, those are new Flyers buses. Okay. And we cannot wait uh, to, uh, to, to continue, you know, and uh, to be able to achieve our goal by having 100% of our fleet, uh, electric fleet uh, by uh, 2036. How are they handling your harsh winters there? Because it, it does get kind of rough in the winter in Ottawa, right? Yeah, and uh, fortunately they're doing very well. And uh, we had the opportunity to test them without passengers from December 2021 to February 2022. Since last time, we are running very continuously with uh, people on board, with uh, freezing rain, with snow, and everything is uh, so far so good. We have many KPIs very, very, that we gathered, and they are excellent. Uh, they are surpass our objectives, so that's why we have to the decision to move forward with those, this kind of, uh, of technology. Okay, so you've got electric buses, you're extending the O-Train system further south and east and west. You're basically, sounds like you're going and undergoing a massive transit transformation. What are you most excited about? It's to be able to deliver good service to our customers. My reason that is that, you know, and, uh, and uh, customers uh, well deserve that. And uh, with, with, with this huge transformation, I think it will achieve our goal. OC Transpo is making it more convenient for customers to pay for their fares with the expansion of credit card and mobile wallet payment across the transit network later this year. I'm really excited about that. I was just, um, I was up in Western Canada a couple months ago and visited with Kevin Quinn at TransLink and they have all kinds of um, modes of payment. So that's really a way to kind of let more people have access to your network. Can you tell us more about this project of various fare payments? Yes, again, to improve customer experience, OC Transport is proactive on that, and customers will be able to pay by either credit cards or debit cards or mobile wallets. And uh, they will be able to to buy their, their tickets on our machine, buy those cards as well. And uh, the Parat House Pool, I started this, uh, this new technology uh, the month, a month ago. Okay. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very nice experience. And uh, regular customers will be able to, to start pretty soon. We'll announce something in a few days or a few weeks maximum. So we are very, very happy with that because it will, it will augment the customer experience, as I said. And uh, it, will, uh, it will be very good as well for tourism not only for residents. Sure, because tourists may just have a credit card, they don't have your pass, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Do you have a lot of tourism in Ottawa? Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of people during the summertime, it's amazing, we have uh, so many good things. Uh, we have uh, the Canada Day, well, it's always crowded uh, for those days, and we have the Blues Fest, and we have a lot of festival, so people come and enjoy Ottawa. Yeah, and you do see, though, as we mentioned, some uh, weather challenges that make getting around kind of difficult in the winter months. Uh, what has been your approach to dealing with severe winter weather? A lot of things, because uh, definitively it's a challenge to deal with the 
You know, sometimes it could be 40 centimeters of snow or uh, five millimeters uh, of freezing rain in less than one hour. Wow. It's huge, you know. So we uh, first, uh, we, we have to prepare uh, before the winter time everything, you know, the heat heater. We have to make sure that uh, the, the maintenance is done, etc. However, during the, uh, when we know that, when we expect uh, a lot of snow, we'll uh, assure that uh, we have the crew uh, required and they will be ready to come and, and uh, do whatever they, want, they have to do, uh, remove the, the, the snow. And even uh, sometimes when we know that uh, we'll have uh, uh, a lot of snow or we know that we'll have uh, freezing rain, we'll, we'll want our trains during uh, the whole night to make sure to avoid ice buildup. And uh, we even put in place the last, uh, this, this winter, but we didn't have to implement to, to apply it, uh, which is fortunate. It's a winter storm pilot where we, we will review the service, the way we give the service to make sure that the service will be reliable. It will be less service than, uh, than normal, but at least it will be reliable and uh, will remove most of our articulated buses uh, that unfortunately we know that they will stack on the snow. Oh, right. So we'll put our 40-foot 40 40 buses or the double-deckers and uh, we didn't have to apply it this winter, but we are ready for next winter. Coming out of the COVID pandemic, I know a lot of transit systems saw their ridership decline. Have you started to see that come back up, your ridership now out of, out of the pandemic? Very slowly, unfortunately. Now we are about 60, 65% and we think that we should achieve 70% because we're waiting on the federal workers or they're not back. Oh, they're not back in the office No, yet? no, unfortunately. But we know, I have been told that probably they will come back two, three, year, uh, three, two days uh, per week. Oh, right. So we are waiting for that. And, and with that, we should... Oh, that'll to, increase. Yes, yeah, 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 but definitely. But on the on the bus side, we're not that bad. We we uh, we are very good on the bus. It's the train, but the train brings people, you know, uh, From downtown. the suburbs into the exactly, city. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, so those people are working at home, so that's why. I was talking to Mohamed Mezgani this week, uh, the Secretary General of UITP, and I think we're seeing that all over the world, aren't we? It's, they're calling it the three-day city yes. because people are going downtown Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, but working from home Mondays and Fridays. Are you seeing that there as well? Definitely. It's the same pattern. And, uh, and another thing is uh, now we need more buses during the weekend because people go out during the weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is, a, this is another thing. And that brings, that brings a challenge with the recruitment because our bus drivers, they don't want to work during the oh, weekend. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's their time off, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Are you working on um, any like new technologies like um, autonomous vehicles or um, any other kind of new technology there? So actually, uh, uh, one of the thing that uh, one of the things that uh, we are uh, trying to put in place is the underground service because you know with the ridership uh, with the lower ridership, we want to continue to to deliver service to our customers who are still with us. However, uh, because uh, there are not a lot, so it's 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 not good to put uh, you know huge buses with right. four, five, ten. You don't people. need a forty-foot bus exactly, for five people. Exactly. Yeah. We will probably try to put that on service uh, this fall. And on another thing for sure, we'll launch our our train line uh, on south, north south, uh, this uh, fall as well. And we are working on our bus, bus uh, electric buses. So it's it's a lot for us. It's a yeah. lot for Citroënsport uh, with three thousand employees. But you know it's. It's huge, but it's small. It's a small team at the same time. And uh, the autonomous vehicle, we think about it, but uh, we're not on it not actually. Exactly. Yeah. 
How about your financing? Uh, a lot of transit systems have lost a lot of revenue because ridership has gone down. How is it, how's your financing coming? Uh, it's the same for us, unfortunately. And uh, we, rely, we rely a lot on the uh, province or federal to help us uh, for the COVID. And um, actually, uh, I, I have a shortfall of uh, 29 million, which is uh, huge. Yeah. And for 2024, I just started to, to, uh, to prepare my budget and uh, I will need some help for sure, yeah. definitely. One thing I was excited about during the pandemic was to see the federal government in Canada for the first time ever give operating dollars, yes. not just capital dollars. Yeah. So thank you, Justin, uh, Prime Minister, <laughs> for that. You. Yeah, and it was matching whatever the, the province would give, right? Exactly. Is the federal government continuing or like in the U.S. that stopped? They're not giving out all that extra money. What's happening in Canada? For COVID-19 this year, we didn't hear anything, unfortunately, okay. but we continue to advocate you, you know, to try. Right. To have Our friend Marco D'Angelo Acuda yes. is helping do that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Easier, uh, by the way, <laughs> in That's Barcelona. Yeah. So you continue to push for that. Is your province, do you think, so are you like part of the city government? Uh, Ottawa is your transit system there? Yeah, transit, transit in Ottawa is included in cities of Ottawa. So okay. we, we are part of the city. So uh, the municipal, the city will uh, will help us, but for sure we need the provincial, we need the federal as well, and we uh, we depend on our uh, revenue service uh, based on uh, the ticket, you know. Right. So with uh, as you said, with the ridership, uh, we lost a lot of uh, revenue, and we have to we have to reinvent uh, the the transit in Ottawa to be able to continue to deliver the service with a lower cost. Right. But uh, you know, uh, increasing the service with uh, with light rail. With electric buses, we will need some help for sure from the government. How about drivers, a lot, uh, operators? A lot of systems have had trouble recruiting and retaining operators. How, how about in Ottawa? Yeah, it was the same thing. And uh, last year with my team, we have decided we decided to put in place a huge campaign of recruitment, and uh, we succeed very well. So last year. We hired uh, 290 uh, bus drivers, oh, wonderful. and this year we have to hire 500 people, 500 people, but most of them are bus drivers as well. And so far, so good now. That's yeah? good. Yes, yes. That's good. Let's talk about your role at UITP for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, what are you most excited about? Uh, what does what is the job of uh, of the president of UITP? What will you be doing over the next two years? Yeah, so I have been involved uh, on UITP for 12 years now. So, and I rose every every step. I'm so happy to uh, to have the to to be the first woman uh, to be uh, the president elected uh, actually. And tomorrow I will step in. So, uh, one of my goals for sure it's 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 how we can better work together around the world. There was a lot of organization. We want to work with them, not against them, for sure. And uh, for sure, you know, we will need to find how we can better uh, transit to operate because the finance is, is an issue, right? The recruitment is an issue as well. So we can share together a lot of good ideas. And uh, the, uh, the UITP is there to make the rules in place for the transit. And, uh, and we are very well known for the the benchmarking as well because right. uh, yeah we have peers that uh, we can call uh, myself I can call someone in two minutes and I will have a good answer so it's 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 a very 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 important organization and more than ever I think it's it's 
UITP as it is placed, and I will have this opportunity to work around the world with my peers, with my colleagues, and to be able to see what we can do for sustainable uh, transit. Yes, you're going to have a wonderful experience, I know. Uh, two of the things that I really appreciate about UITP that I've experienced is the training that they offer yep. and also the studies. Uh, I work uh, with an organization called the North American Transit Alliance, which represents um, big contractors like TransDev and Keolis, National Express, RETP Dev, and MV Transportation. And they did a study on contracting in Europe for us last year and compared it to what's happening in North America. Uh, on the training side, you, you told me a funny story early about that's kind of how you got your start, right? Mohammed was an instructor in a class that you took, right? Exactly. Yeah. So when I just started in 2010, I decided to take a training session and Mohammed was my teacher and now I'm his boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle of life, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, he transferred me his passion definitively and I think that's why I love so much UITP and I love yeah. the public transit and UITP and public transit, you know, it's... Uh, it's my art. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about that for a minute because I think you and I share that passion along with Muhammad and so many of the thousands of people that work in this industry. And uh, Renee, what I've seen, and you tell me if you've seen this, during the pandemic, it felt like uh, it was a moment for people to reflect on what is the real role of public transportation. Yes. Up until then, it's largely around the world, Ben, let's say for the last 20 years, about commuters coming into the cities from the suburbs. We were all focused on the peak of the peak periods of time. Exactly. And now those peaks have kind of modified, which has been great in some ways. My friend Jeremy Yap, who's very active uh, in Singapore, told me that, Paul, um, it actually was good to reduce the peak of the peak because we're able to spread out our resources more. And also, so that's one kind of positive thing. The other thing is, I think cities have seen public transportation now more than about transferring people from A to B. It's more about sustainability, it's more about equity and inclusion. They can use public transit agencies to promote societal goals that promote all of us. What are your thoughts on that? And what is your passion definitely, about public transit? Definitely. Public transit, it's a kind of life, you know, and uh, it's the way, it's the kind of good behavior that uh, people should have. And uh, public transit now, it's, it's seen as a, uh, maybe one of the solutions to save the planet as well, right? right? exactly. And uh, with uh, those electric buses, very nice, and with a lot of uh, uh, equipment on board that to help uh, uh, customers experience, I think people have started to just say, okay, maybe it's the solution, you know? And, uh, and this is our goal. We have to be able to attract them. We have to able to maintain them on, the, on our system as well. And that this is where UITP is good because UITP can have this uh, global view and, and uh, transfer this, uh, those needs uh, to, to transit to, uh, to, to our colleagues, uh, to our members, et cetera. Yes. Transit, to me, public transportation is mobility. And mobility is life. I mean, that's the, that's the definition of life is the ability to move and yes. to grow, right? Yep, yep. And so... Public transportation in cities like Ottawa and other cities, Singapore, around the world, really, to me, was the antidote to can't to uh, COVID because COVID meant lockdown, yes. stay in place. Then once the density restrictions are off, people want to get out and move, right? <laughs> That's probably why we have so many people riding on weekends and nights now. Yes. They want to get out and enjoy their life. Absolutely. And uh, with uh, people who are working at home, I think during the weekdays, during the, the, the weekends, they, they want to go out yes. effectively to have some fun. So that's why, again, we have to reinvent yes. public transit because we have to adapt our, our, our offer to, 
to the new customer's behavior, you know? Yes. And, uh, and our capacity to adapt to, to that will, uh, will be the key for, for transit, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So let's look into the future. I want to I get into your mind. Uh, so as we look into the future of what, what will happen over the two years while you're president of UITP, what do you envision for public transportation across the world? Give me your vision. Uh, I would love if uh, government could first invest, um, you know, recurrently yes. on public transit. Definitely. Yes. More investment from the federal government. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, not not here by here. Let's let's have something that we can we can budget. We can have a goal together to bring something. And uh, I hope less cars as well. Mm -hmm. And w because uh, buses. Car sharing, car sharing is okay now. It's it's not uh, it's not against us. It, it's a part of the mobility. Uh, scooters, bicycle, etc., yes. etc. I love scooters so, and bikes personally. I ride them all the time. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So if we can, you know, build a better uh, uh, map, you know, a multi-use pathway to 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 make it attractive. I think it, it could be very, very good. So two years is very, it's close. Right? It's, 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 it will be tomorrow. However, we have a huge opportunity with the, the, the past pandemic to, to, to regain, to reinvent, as, as, as I said, the public transit. We have a huge opportunity and the window is very tight. We have to go now. Yes, yeah. And I mean, you're really going to be the leader of public transit in the world in this role. So I, uh, I'm excited about the passion you have and how you're going to be, a, I think, a vocal proponent for all that's, that we offer. Uh, let's talk a little bit now more about your personal life. So tell me about, you know, tell me about your, your life, your family, what you do in Ottawa, your hobbies, those kind of things. Okay. So first, born in 80, living in Montreal, working in Ottawa, married a Frenchman. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm a kind of a diverse person yeah. <laughs> and I represent the UATP very well there for that. There you go, yeah. Exactly. And I have uh, my daughter, she's 21. She's studying uh, at Concordia University on cell biology. Cell uh, biology. Yeah, wow, yeah. She's smart. a brain. She's a yeah. brain. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, because I'm, I'm working in Ottawa and I'm living in Montreal, so I miss them a lot. But I... I I took that decision because uh, it was a, a huge challenge when I received that call to, to come in Ottawa. And I spoke with my husband, with my daughter. So we have decided together that, uh, okay, let's take uh, the men house in Montreal where we're very well set. And uh, so now I'm, I have an apartment in Ottawa. So I'm, I'm there during the weekday and uh, during the weekend I go at home sometimes. And uh, sometimes it's my husband and my daughter who come. Come visit you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's very exciting. It's, it's a nice experience and I really enjoy myself. And I like, uh, you know, uh, uh, take a walk downtown of uh, Ottawa along the, the canal. It's very nice. And uh, there is something in Ottawa that you don't have anywhere else. Yes, I believe that. Yeah. And do you have any other hobbies? I, you probably don't have time for hobbies. I know, you're, I know the job of a CEO can be very demanding. But do you have hobbies, things that you enjoy, reading, music, uh, sports, whatever? I really like uh, walking and, and, and jogging. For sure, I don't have a lot of time to do so, right. but I like that. And I love having people around. So uh, for me, a good dinner with friends, uh, with a good wine, it's it's a kind of one of my best hobby that I yes. like, really. Yeah, you and me both. I love that. Yeah. I was because just, of that, we have to run, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got to work it off. Yeah, that's great. 
And lastly, let's talk about Barcelona and a little bit about this conference since we're near the end of it. What has been some of the highlights for you out of the, out of the big summit we had here? First, seeing this crowd, people here yeah, in Barcelona. Yeah, thousands and thousands. My goodness, it's, it's huge. And people, are, I, I didn't see anyone without a smile. And definitely, we have missed uh, UITP and the summit. And now, here we go with beautiful Barcelona. It's a good way to restart. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for Hamburg in a couple of years for the next one. That'll be, it'll be great. This, uh, this organization, what I've taken out of it, Renee, is I've been able to talk to a lot of the top executives. Uh, we've had some live events, et cetera. And I, I'm struck by the sense of optimism that, that our leaders have and the people that work in the industry. It's, it, it, I believe we're at a, po- at a moment uh, where we're coming out of the pandemic. And as I said, I think mobility and this next two years with you kind of leading our organization, it's our opportunity to soar because we have now um, changed our position in society and our role is actually a little higher. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, heading out of here, what do you take in your heart back to Ottawa from our summit here? Oh my goodness, it's, it, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of new technology, and I'm glad to see that uh, the same problem that we have to face with in Ottawa are a wonderful world, you know? Yes. So it, it will be good for me to, uh, to bring those info to counselors, you know, to, to tell them, hey, we're not alone. We are, we are a lot uh, who are dealing with that. And uh, we have uh, colleagues who will help us for sure. That's wonderful. Well, Renee Amalcar, thank you so much for being our guest today on Transit Unplugged. We wish you the very best in your day job, but also in your bright new future as leader of UITP. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. Hi, this is Mike Bismeyer, Transit and Kindness Advocate, and this is Mike's Minute, where we talk about mentorship, leadership, and kindness with the hopes it'll inspire you to pay it forward. It was great this week to hear Renee Emilcar, and congratulations again on her appointment as president of UITP, again reiterating the leadership in our country, our industry, and throughout North America. Many of our thought leaders and mentors parlay their skills and learnings well outside their agencies and organizations to a much wider and broader audience for the betterment of transit overall. I'd like to specifically speak on mentorship this week, which I've noted in many segments before how important the mentors have been to me that I've had the honor of working alongside. Currently, I'm involved with the Young Emerging Leaders Task Force in Canada and the inaugural mentorship program. As part of this program, just this past week, my mentee and I presented at a local high school on the theme of considering transit as a career path, a small project we put together to try to change the perception of what transit is with youth and provide them a reason to consider it as a possibility for the future. Hoping that this presentation would ultimately help them and ourselves with the long-term workforce recruitment challenges that we see within our industry. It was a great interaction, lots of participation, and the end result was many of the students commenting that they had just no idea of all the different opportunities there were within our industry. Prior to us presenting, they really thought transit as an operator. It was great to present to the students the different sides of the business, both from the business member side and the agency side. A great first result that we hope to carry on messaging to other schools. I can't help but get excited when there's an opportunity to talk transit to those who aren't in it. Many of us never thought we'd end up being in transit, and that was a message we were sure to share. The future of transportation is bright, and even brighter if just one of these future changemakers that we have the privilege to speak to will consider transportation as a career path in their future. If you'd like to hear more on our project or perhaps have an idea of a local school or organization that you think would be a great candidate for the message, 
feel free to reach out to me at any time on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Kindness is cool. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged with our guest, Renee Emelkar, President of UITP and General Manager of OC Transpo in Ottawa, Ontario. Now, coming up next week, we have the first in a special two-part series on Canadian transport technology innovation. In part one, we have Margaret Cullen, Nicholas Sevelius, and Colin Lavery talking about everything innovative and new in Canadian tech. Let's hear a little bit from that interview. And then perhaps the most uh, powerful, I would say, but easy to forget, is the, the customer's change of perception and, and the new business models that comes with that. So, I mean, car sharing and bike sharing and, and shared micro-mobility is one example of people are thinking a bit differently in, on how they stitch their you know, travel patterns together. And I think that kind of public perception that customers change, those changes are very important. If you have a question, comment, or like to be a guest on the show, email us at info at transitunplugged.com. Transit Unplugged is brought to you by Medaxo. At Medaxo, we're passionate about moving the world's people. And at Transit Unplugged, we're passionate about telling those stories. So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.